Hey everyone, it's Pastor Brandon here, and I'm so excited to do the intro for this new series I'm going to be doing. It's going to be 14 weeks, and each week we're going to discuss one of the 14 declarations of faith of the Church of God denomination. Because we here at North Point, we're a part of the Church of God denomination, and it's a great thing, and we have great theology and great beliefs that we really subscribe to, and as a body, I think it's important to know what we're a part of. So I just want to break down these 14 declarations of faith, these pillars of beliefs we as a denomination have, theology that we believe, and so these next 14 weeks, I'm really excited to break them down with you, and this is episode 9, so let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to our Belief Podcast from North Point Ministries. I am so excited that you tuned in for week number nine. We've had eight amazing weeks of talking all about our declarations of faith. And if you don't know if this is your first time tuning in, our 14 declarations of faith are our denomination, Church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee. It's kind of our 14 big pillars of theology, so to speak. And I am super excited about what God's already done in this, and I'm so excited to see what God continues to do. So this week, we're going to be talking all about Declaration 9, and I have a lot to discuss. I have a lot of verses to read because this is really, this this theological belief is very scripturally based. Um, some people argue about this one, but the thing is, is it's right there, plain and simple, black and white in scripture. And I'm going to read you plenty of scripture to show you that. So Declaration 9 says, we believe in speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance, and that is it, it is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So there's two big things to unpack here with this declaration. Number one is that, yes, we believe in speaking in tongues. We believe that God not only did that on the day of Pentecost and the rest of the New Testament, but that he continues to do that through us to this day. That that is not a gift that God kept or that God stopped giving. That this is a gift that God continually gives to us. And the other big part of this to unpack is that we believe speaking in tongues to be the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? When you use the phrase initial evidence, so that when you break that down, it is the evidence of the first initial baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that first point where you become baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues is the evidence of that happening. So that's not to say that you don't, you're not already saved. You, you can be saved without speaking in tongues. And that's not to say that God hasn't used you or that you've done ministry before. But the thing is, you are filled with the Holy Spirit at the point of speaking in tongues. That is the initial evidence and proof of you being filled with the Holy Spirit. So the genuine experience of speaking in tongues, it is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It is a divine human communication in which the believer speaks in exact response to the mind of the Holy Spirit. The believer is powerless to speak without his responsive relationship with the Holy Spirit and without the Spirit's movement upon him. So what I'm saying here is the Holy Spirit, when we speak in tongues, that is us speaking out the will of God. That is us praying and speaking what God wants us to pray and speak. That is all divinely coming out of us because sometimes we as humans, we only know to pray 
what we know in that moment. There's so many other aspects and, and angles and things that we don't think to pray and God does through us. When we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to pray, when we don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit is there to speak through us, minister through us, and direct us. And we can't do that without actually having that relationship with the Holy Spirit and being moved by the Holy Spirit. It's not something we make up. I know a lot of people that hear speaking in tongues and they say, well, that's just a crazy person. They're just, you know, babbling, being crazy. And the thing is, is that's how they responded to the people in the New Testament too. The day of Pentecost happened and they're like, man, they're drunk. It, it's in the, it's like 10 in the morning and they're already wasted. But the thing is, is they were not drunk. They were not crazy. They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that gave them the unction and gave them the infilling and the outward portrayal of that infilling of speaking in tongues. And that's what we do to this day. Speaking in tongues is, in this manner, is the initial outward evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is the first proof of being baptized by the Holy Spirit. This experience is the promise of God to every believer. Speaking in tongues by the movement of the Holy Spirit is is a continuing ministry of the Holy Spirit. So continuing as in it has never stopped and it will never stop. It is continual. It is never ending until the ends of the earth. Until God comes back, we, the Holy Spirit, is enabling us to speak in tongues. And speaking in tongues is consistently related to the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that goes back to, like I said earlier, the day of Pentecost, which happens in the book of Acts, and that's Acts chapter 2. So I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture here, but I want us to know this full happening. I want us to read the full context of what's going on here. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 21. And it says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they explained. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medians, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Phygria, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya, around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward from the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake 
about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No. No. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrive. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow. That's the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit here. And I know some people say that speaking in tongues can't be the initial evidence that, hey, I've never spoken in tongues, but I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, the first happening of the Holy Spirit's descending onto the apostles, they began to speak in other tongues. So I can't think of... Any other explanation other than the Bible says it here, black and white, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues. It is the evidence of that infilling. Like I said, I'm not saying you can't do ministry and you can't do things for God, but you are filled with the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in other languages, in other tongues. I love this story, uh, everything about it, but I also, I love because there is a testimony of my father. He preached at this old Southern church. It was in Tennessee, or no, yeah, it was in Tennessee, and I don't remember the name of the church. I don't remember the, the context of his message. I don't remember what he preached, but I remember that someone stood up and gave a message in tongues, and they had no idea what they were saying. I mean, it was tongues, and then there was this Chinese woman, I believe she was Mandarin, Mandarin Chinese, she was there, and she she looked very confused, and the thing is, what sounded like tongues to us, apparently this man was speaking perfect Mandarin, and she understood it exactly, and it was a message for her. God can do that with other tongues, just because they're other to us doesn't mean they're not a language of someone else. There is the language of angels and and the tongues that is not a human language, but sometimes God can use us to speak in other languages we don't know. That's what was happening here at the day of Pentecost. They said they're 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 proclaiming the good news of God in a language that they don't speak, but we understand. Guess what? God was using them to minister to these people, and some ridiculed them and said, "Hey, you're drunk. This is nuts." But that's because their eyes weren't open to the things of the spiritual realm. The initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the disciples of Christ, it's related in these words, and I quote, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them this ability. The special significance of the statement is that the experience of speaking in tongues on the part of the believer, was prompted by and provided by the unction of the Holy Spirit and not by the independent action or initiating action of the believer. As in, the believer didn't do anything. You know what they did do? They were there in unity. 
The Bible tells us when we're in unity, God moves strong. And that's what happens there. They were all there in one accord, waiting, praying, seeking God. And then guess what? The Holy Spirit descended. And the Holy Spirit has never left the earth since. The Holy Spirit is here for us as believers to fill us, to help us speak and pray in the language of God and minister with that power. That Guess what? Tongues isn't just for us. It's for ministry. The Holy Spirit is here to equip us to do what God truly wants us to do. Yeah, you can minister without it, but you will not be as effective. You will not see as many miracles. You will not walk out God's true plan for you without the Holy Spirit, pure and simple. Now, while the Apostle Peter was preaching in the household of Cornelius, we turn to Acts 10.44. It says, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. Those who had accompanied Peter from Joppa witnessed this experience, and they were convinced of the genuineness of this experience by the fact that they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That happens in verse 45 and 46, so just two verses later. They believed when they heard the tongue. And then Apostle Paul ministered to believers who had followed the preaching of John the Baptist. He enlightened them on the message of Christ, Christian baptism, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the scriptures further witness Acts 19.6. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. These are not the only occasions recorded in which believers receive the Holy Spirit. But I can tell you these do demonstrate doctrinal conclusions. That means they show us this doctrine. And number one is speaking in tongues is an experience associated with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number two, speaking in tongues is an experience initiated by and dependent upon the moving of the Holy Spirit within the believer. And number three, speaking in tongues is consistently used by the New Testament church as evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All of these verses kind of they kind of tell us and show us they prove the initial evidence. Because it says in these verses and I I don't think God would inspire the writers to write it this way if it didn't have meaning that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit they spoke in other tongues as in They knew they were filled with the Holy Spirit because they were speaking in other tongues. Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came in them, and they spoke with other tongues. Just as it happens today. Why would God change? And I can tell you the answer to that question. God wouldn't change. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means if it was the initial evidence then, it's the initial evidence now. Let's turn to chapter 11 of Acts, 15 through 18. It says, as I began to speak, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he fell on us at the beginning. Then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. The scriptures, they do not imply that speaking in tongues in and of itself is proof of the 
filling of the Holy Spirit. They don't imply it. It is outwardly observable. As in, it is obvious. It's proof. The experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the will of God for every believer. And it was so promised in the Old Testament that that prophecy from Joel that was quoted, that Peter cited on the day of Pentecost, it says that God will fill his servants. That was the Old Testament, guys. So many people think the Old Testament, no, it it doesn't have anything to do with speaking in tongues and, and the book of Acts. It's not about that. But no, 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 no. It's prophecy. And then in the book of Acts, we see prophecy fulfilled. And today, we are still seeing that prophecy fulfilled. So let's read it again. Joel 2, 28 through 32. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter associated this experience with the continuing extension of the gospel. Acts 2, 38-39, Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. That is so exciting. This promise is to us, our children, our children's children, their children's children. It is to everyone. And the promise is this. We repent of our sins. We turn to God. And God is ready to baptize us. Not just in water, but in the Holy Spirit. I've said it before, and I'll say it countless times. If our ministry, if our walk with God is to be described like a car, God is the car. Jesus is the key. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit, baby, it's the gas. We're not going to go anywhere without the infilling. Yeah, we'll get saved. We'll turn the car on. We will be in the car. We will be saved. We will have eternal life. But our ministry on earth, it won't go far. Not without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now the continuation of the experience of speaking in tongues by the power of the Holy Spirit is evidenced in the instructions that are given to the, to the Corinthians. There is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. It is the ability to speak in unknown languages. The Holy Spirit gives us that ministry, as in the Holy Spirit allows us to do that. So 1 Corinthians 12.10, that's the verse where it says, the ability to speak in unknown languages. The Holy Spirit gives us a ministry of tongues, and it is to be interpreted also by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
He also gives a ministry of tongues, which is a mysterious communion between the believer and God. Paul's understanding in all of these instructions is that these provisions are for all believers in all ages of all churches. There's no age limit. There's no denomination limit. This is God's plan for each and every one of us. Just because you're not in a Pentecostal denomination does not mean God doesn't want that for you. God wants that for you. God wants the power that first originated on the day of Pentecost, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the speaking in other tongues, the power that comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants that for all of us. I don't care if you're Methodist. I don't care if you're Nazarene. I don't care if you're Catholic. God wants that for you. And once you're saved, like I talked about last week, subsequent to a clean heart, the Holy Spirit's for you. God wants you to get it. And God wants you to go forward. And God wants you to minister through the power of the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues is the evidence of that power. There are probably people who will argue with me or others who speak of the initial evidence being speaking in tongues. But I can't find a single verse that speaks to the contrary. Everywhere in the Bible, it says the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues. That happened on the day of Pentecost. That happened as Paul ministered. That happened as Peter ministered. That happened in the New Testament church all the time. And it happens today all the time. Speaking in tongues is the proof And I want you, I just want to challenge you today. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, start praying for it. Start believing. Have others pray for you. Because you need it. We live in tough times. We need it. We not only need speaking in tongues because we need to pray God's will and not our own. And the thing is, is as a human, I tend to pray selfish prayers. And it's not intentional. It just happens because I have my own biases. But when I pray in tongues, that's all God's will, none of my own. And I need that today. And you need that today. And I'm not going to end this podcast without praying for you. Because I want people to be filled with the Holy Spirit when they listen to this. I know that sounds radical. I know that sounds crazy. But guess what? God is a radical and amazing God. So right now, whoever is listening to this, God, I pray that you blanket them in your presence. That you fill them with your Holy Spirit, God. That they see and hear your tongues coming out of them, God. That it is not their words, but yours, God, that they are completely filled, they are completely anointed, and they can do new ministry for you, God. They can pray new prayers for you, God, all because of you filling them up. And God, I ask that you fill them with your Holy Spirit. Ah, Fill them, God. Fill them, God, in your mighty name. Amen. Hey, guys, and thank you so much for tuning in this Monday. I am just so excited that you guys tune in week to week. It is so amazing to be able to talk about our beliefs and talk about these 14 declarations of faith. And the crazy thing is, is we're getting towards the tail end of our 14 beliefs. Uh, Today we talked all about belief number nine and 
Next week, we're going to be talking all about Declaration 10. And Declaration 10 says, We believe in water baptism by immersion, and all who repent should be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So next week's is a really exciting one to break down, and I can't wait to talk about it with you and and hopefully equip you to know more about what you believe. Have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you next Monday.